Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your round one recap for this week's RBC Heritage. And joining me to break it all down, it's Greg Ducharme. Greg, what up? What's going on, Rick? Uh, great to be here. A fun event. A uh, little change of pace, but uh, yeah, it's great to be here. For the first time ever, the the reason we were late was my fault. It's usually like Kyle's fault or somebody else's, but I, uh, technology is, is beating me up today. So hopefully I can make it through this podcast. If not, it might turn into the, the Greg and Jacob show for, for round one recap. Yeah. You know, if we have to, Rick, I'm here as a, as a backup and you can wind me up and I can just run and run and run and just continue to talk and gab and gab and gab and I can fill time that way. But I, I'm hoping, I'm hoping you can hang around and keep us in, in, in keep me in my lane for the rest of the show. Run and run and run is exactly what Cameron Smith did on Thursday. But before we get to that, I've got to tell you that CBS Sports HQ is the only sports news streaming service that is completely free. How to watch CBS Sports HQ. It's easy. It's available for free on your computer, your mobile device, or your connected television via the CBS Sports apps. Or if you're more of a YouTube person like me, subscribe to CBS Sports HQ on YouTube for all the latest sports news videos on demand. But personally, I never, ever miss a big story in sports because I turn it on first thing in the morning and I leave it on all day while I'm working. And I'll leave you with this. If you're a sports news junkie like me, no sports network is faster with breaking news than CBS Sports HQ. Cameron Smith goes out and shoots an afternoon 62 Greg at Harbor Town, which was uh, absolutely phenomenal. He goes out in a bogey free 31 comes in in a bogey free 31. That is pretty good. If you ask me, it is uh, going to be one shot clear of his next closest competitor. Rick, you and I we're, we're we're stats guys, right? We like we yeah. love having uh, all the stats line up, and I know that growing up for me and back in my Nerf basketball days, I was way into the statistics, having the perfect you know what, what's your what's your free throw percentage? How many bogeys did you make today? And, and looking at all the stats, and this is like that perfect round where he's bogey free. He makes nine birdies, zero bogeys not, it's a clean card and you just love to see it. So Cam Smith's been playing great golf. And Rick, the other thing is about Cam is he did it exactly the way we talked about on Monday when we were saying, Hey, Cam Smith, well, we like him. He does it in a little bit of a different way, but it continues to perform. He does it with short game and putting. Well, what, what did he do today? He's first strokes gain around the green five for yeah. five scrambling. And one of the the coolest hold bunker shots on 17. I mean, that thing took off straight up in the air. It was a flop shot it, it, from out of a flat lie in the bunker and he hold it. So that was sweet. And then he's, he's third strokes game putting for the day. So th- th- this is Cam Smith doing Cam Smith. 
doing it a little bit different is an understatement uh, for Cam Smith's round one. Let me let me throw a stat at you here, Greg. So Cam Smith gained 8.63 strokes to the field today. So he was eight and a half shots better than the field average. He lost a quarter of a stroke on approach. I went back in the database. I went through six years. I went through all 100 eight, nine, 108,992 rounds that I have in my database, Greg. This was the best rounds by any player who lost strokes on approach. Now, you know what I would say? That is unsustainable, but Cam Smith, he does it via the short game. This might've just been even more of an outlier, but that is a historic round we saw on Thursday. Yeah, it really was. You know, I, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this, Rick, because I, I look at him and he hit 13 of 18 greens, which is honestly, it's pretty good. I'm going over, if I go over to the stat center, I can tell you right where that, right where that ranked. Um, but, but basically 13 of 18 greens, I think is, is pretty good out here. So if you're going to hit that number of greens, um, I wonder, does the approach matter when you have really small greens, if you hit the greens, you're going to have somewhat makeable putts. So how, when you're looking at this, Rick, how do you look at greens of regulation versus strokes gain approach? Well, here they might be. So with these small greens here, uh, if you hit the green, well, I don't know this for, to be sure, but what I was going to say is if you hit the green, you're probably gaining on approach. Uh, you would have to be I bet you him hitting, I'm trying to think about this, 13 out of 18, you said greens? Yeah, which actually, as I look, it's a lot, I thought it would be better ranked than this, but it's tied 27th. Yeah. Yeah, it's tied 27th. It's not And the ones that he missed were pretty, like that that fairway or that bunker that he had on 17. So yeah, it is is kind of weird with these smaller greens. He didn't strike the ball. I mean, he was average. He was average with his irons. That that is what he is. You know, losing a quarter of a stroke is nothing. It works for my stat, but he was was average, which honestly, if Cam Smith is average with his irons, most weeks that might be okay i don't know if it wins you golf tournaments but he places highly yeah and you know i I also think that this is a probably a a good place for that in a weird way you have to be precise with your irons to hit the greens but everybody's going to miss some greens so having a good short game is really valuable um which i think that's clearly what we saw today so i'm i'm very interested to see how this one plays out because you get small greens on a course like this and it in one way benefits a ball striker like like a colin morikawa who's very much live this week who rick i know you and i were both very (laughs) high on We'll talk about him. Um, but at the same time, it it has benefited a guy like Luke Donald in the past. Graham McDowell has had success here. There are a lot of uh, Matt Kuchar's had success here, although he's probably fits more into the ball striker category. But Brant Snedeker, another guy who's had success. There are a lot of guys that are really good scramblers who have done well here. So I'm curious to see as the week plays out, does do the short game guys or the um, the great iron players and great ball strikers who, who, who lasts longer. That's kind of what I'm looking to see. I was really hoping Cam Smith was going to shoot a 63 instead of a 62. And we were going to have him tied with Stuart sink at the top of the leaderboard, because I was going to come in here and make some joke about these two guys tied at the top with the most opposite hairdos in <laughs> all of golf, right? Stuart sink completely bald Cam Smith rocking the mullet plus the must like it would have been, it would have been perfect, but Cam Smith had to ruin it by shooting, by shooting a 62. What do you, what do you make of the mullet? Are you a fan? 
Mm, no. I mean, like, I wouldn't, I, I couldn't pull it off. So, no, you have to have a certain vibe uh, to you. And Cam Smith does. He showed up with his with his fishing rod the other day. That That's a good vibe to have a mullet. I don't think I could get away with that. It's just, it's nasty. <laughs> and he loves it, which is why, I, I mean, he loves it. He says his friends love it. His girlfriend doesn't. But, hey, I mean, ever Jacob and I were talking about this before uh, while we were waiting for you patiently, Rick. And, yes. uh, and we were saying that, you know, she probably, she doesn't like the, the way it looks, but she probably likes the way the wallet looks because he's been playing some great golf lately. So I guess that's why he gets a pass. He has been playing great with it. Final, final note on Cam Smith because uh, Coach is was big on Cam Smith, and we know. And I see that there's a question in the chat about it. We got to address it. Like, Co- Coach is very good for Thursday uh, victory laps. He has not. He actually texted me earlier. It was not related to Cam Smith. I was nervous. It was Greg. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Here comes the Thursday victory lap. I haven't had it yet. I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Um- well, we'll see what we're going to get, but I have a feeling that he, he, he has had some frustrating weeks recently. So I'm very, I, I get a sense that we're going to get maybe a, a little more reserved because he, I feel like he's on the verge of exploding. If Cam Smith shoots 75 tomorrow, I'm not predicting that, but I'm just saying if he has a round like that on tomorrow or Saturday and plays his way out of the tournament, coach, I think may erupt. And I don't I'm think not sure what we're going to get. I don't think coach does reserved, but we'll keep an eye out for reserved here in the next couple of days. Stuart Singh is in second. So he's one shot back at Cameron Smith. He's two shots clear of the guys at six under in T three. Uh, he played beautifully on Thursday, as you can imagine. And what I love about this is Stuart Sink has won here twice. And this 63 that he shot here on Thursday is the best round he's ever posted, which is like that. That goes to show uh, how good it was out there for. Yeah, it really was a uh, another one of those really clean days after the first, the very first hole, the 10th hole, his first hole, he hits it in the water there on his very first shot and goes out and shoots 63. So, Hey, um, it's pretty cool to watch him continue, continue the form, continue to play well. And he basically just started striping it after that. So he did it a little differently than camp Smith. Here's a guy that hits 11 of 14 fairways. He gains nearly three and a half approaching the green. Um, he leads the field T to green for the, uh, for for the round today. So yeah, he did it in a different way, but still uh, quite an impressive round. Let's do a little bit of a big name update. Colin Morikawa sneaks in with a six under 65 and Greg, this was, um, this was an easy 65. I don't know, man. Like it, it looked kind of easy out there. He wasn't in too much trouble. He did make a bogey on 12. That was the only blemish on his card. This, this looked really good. Yeah. And you know what his strength is right? being, he leads the tour, uh, approaching the green, but today he was 43rd in strokes gained approach yet. He did hit a lot of greens. <laughs> yeah, so he hit 16 of 18 greens, which is great. Um, and he probably lost some strokes on the, the shot on 12, I would imagine leading to that bogey. I mean, he was in the middle of the fairway. Um, and, and made a bogey. So that's unlike him, uncharacteristic. The thing that was kind of nice to see was him rolling some putts. He rolled in a couple of long ones and and in a way it keeps him in, in touch with the lead. And when you're looking, when you're Cam Smith or Stuart Sink and you're looking at the board and you see uh, Patrick Cantlay at even par or Dustin Johnson at one under, you, you're not as worried about those guys. Although they're, you, you know, they're there. But you got Colin Morikawa sitting right there at five under. You're saying, uh, okay, 
that's that's kind of the standard right now for this week. That's the guy that I got to make sure I go out and beat, and it won't be easy to do for the next three days. You mentioned Patrick Cantlay, even par 71. He got off to a hot start. He birdies two, he birdies three. I'm thinking, all right, baby, here we go. He's back, uh, gives both of those shots back with a double on four. He would play his second nine, his inward nine, in even par 35. You look at the metrics, Greg, he was about average in everything i mean he wasn't a big gainer anywhere he wasn't a big loser anywhere but if patrick Cantlay is average in every category that's a problem because that's not that's not what he does no no he is elite in every category and right. he, he just continued to put himself every time i looked up patrick Cantlay's, you know trying to hook it around a tree with a wedge in his hand he, i mean he had four fairways mm. so at some point you have to, and I understand that on, on the on a normal golf course on the PGA Tour, you, the strategy is to be really aggressive. You hit driver. The fairways don't matter. They're extremely fairways and regulation are extremely overrated. But here, um, you have to be so precise off the tee to give yourself a clear shot at the green. And it may not. There are some cases where maybe the right rough is better than the left half of the fairway. So you still get, but you can't be putting yourself in the trees all day. It becomes very frustrating. And the way the greens sit on all of these angles, it puts a lot of pressure on your short game. Um, and now he's a guy, he's got a new putter in the bag. He's got some kind of mallet in the bag, which I haven't seen before. He, he seemed, I, I feel like Patrick Cantley's had the same putter since he was playing at UCLA. Um, So, so to see a different putter in the bag is a sign to me that maybe there's a little bit of frustration going on with this game, even though today putting was, I think putting was his best metric of the day. So he's got to get the ball and play more to, to compete out here. Yeah, he certainly does. Dustin Johnson went out early. I actually didn't see, I went back and tried to pull this up, but I didn't see much of, of DJ's rounds. But if you, if you were watching, it was a roller coaster. He made six birdies. He made three bogeys and a double. It's going to add up to be a one under 70. Uh, DJ, this is a place that has not really fit his game. Uh, He's going to need to make up a lot of ground if he wants to win this golf tournament. Unfortunately, that's really the only way we grade Dustin Johnson, right? Like, did he win or didn't he win? Uh, Being tied, you know, T46 after one round, I say he has to make a move because it only matters if he wins. Uh, you know, the one thing I'll say to that, Rick, I, I don't think it's win or, you know, it's not a pass fail grade for DJ at this point because there are so many questions about his form. So if he can put a couple of nice rounds together and show us a little bit of consistency, I think it'll go a long way towards a PGA championship coming up in less than a month. And, you know, one of my uh, extremely, extremely hot takes at the beginning of the year was that DJ would be the guy at the end of this year to complete the career grand slam. And, and be, right. part of the reason for that was you're, he's going to Kiowa, which is um, in his home state. It's a place where great drivers do really well, a big golf course that should suit him. And Royal St. George's is another place uh, where the Open Championship is that he is. Uh, he nearly won in 2014. So I thought he I think he's going to have a real good chance of winning both of those. But I need to see the form start to come around a little bit. I need to see him wholesome putts. I need to see a little more confidence because that emotion that he was showing towards the end of last year seems to be turning to frustration. So I think there's more than just a pass fail win or go home grade for DJ. And I'm interested to see how the rest of the week plays out. All right. We've got one round in the books, which means there are three rounds remaining. We're going to talk about guys we think can continue to make a move over the course of the week. But first, we're going to take a break and hear a word from our partners. 
And we're back. All right, Greg, I'm looking at uh, the leaderboard. I'm looking at guys that uh, are doing things that are sustainable or not sustainable. I don't think that Cameron Smith stuff is sustainable. Is there anyone, you know, I think we were, we were kind of whispering Colin work. I was just going to win this thing. Like, is that, is that what we're feeling like after 18 holes? Yeah, I do. I still feel, I kind of feel like this tournament's over um, <laughs> watching him on greens like this when they're a little bit more benign than say at Augusta national. I expect his iron play to improve as the week goes along. So yeah, he's still the guy that I'm really looking at. Um, but another guy who's a little bit deeper. Um, I, I think Brian Harmon is set to have a great weekend. He kind of had a slow back nine today. I think uh, I think Russell Henley is another guy that I'm really looking at having a great weekend. I I do think that Morikawa is the talent. He's the closer. He's plus five fifty over at William Hill. If you think that he is the man, I got to admit, Stewart Sink is is really playing well. He is not only uh, first in the field from T to green. He is second on approach behind only Corey Connors. Both of those guys uh, up there on the, on the first page of the leaderboard. Stuart sink has won here twice. We talked about him probably on Monday, Greg, you know, he is sneaky long for being 47. He obviously knows how to get around this place. He's obviously playing well. He's 10 to one right now. I don't hate that because of the presence of Morikawa, keeping his number uh, a bit longer than maybe it should be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, It's fair. And he's won this year, right? You know, he's confident. So he won Safeway open very first event of the year. So I I think Stuart Sink has a very realistic chance of turning this into a a nice weekend. Um, And you mentioned Corey Connors, uh, leading uh, approaching the green he's kind of hard to look past as well he hit 17 of 18 greens today on on these tiny greens he's hitting it really really well he had the most Corey connors round uh lead the yeah. field in strokes gained approach lose a half a shot putting like that was so it's so on brand for Corey connors he's and his putting's on the way long. up this year too right he, yeah it is and he hit I, I saw a lot of his rounds. He hit putts that looked a lot better than I thought. Sometimes he misses by a lot. Um, yeah. Serge Sergio tends to, to do that a lot where he misses by a foot or two, like he misread it by a foot or two, or he like he, I thought Connors just without looking at the numbers actually putted better than I expected today, just because even his misses were pretty good, which could be a really good sign going forward. So I, I, I think those guys are, they're tough to look past. I just think they're going to have a hard time beating Morikawa, partly because we picked him earlier in the week. That's right. Um, okay. I think that'll do it. We are going to be back after each round of the RBC Heritage, as we are for every single round on the PGA Tour. But for now, let me thank producer Jacob for doing all the hard work behind the scenes. Let me thank Greg Ducharme, who you can find on Twitter at the Real GFD, and you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut, and we'll catch you next time.